Good morning, everybody. I'm Larry Jacobs. This is Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio, and it is Friday, finally, okay, February 10th, 2023, and we got a good friend here, been on many times with us, is Dave Adams, who's the Chief Executive Officer of Urban Assembly, okay, and that's a nonprofit that supports 23 schools within the New York City public school system. It's all about social-emotional learning and better learning for kids and how it all comes together for a higher achievement in kids, and they share their work nationally by partnering with districts all across the nation, okay, so you can learn more at urbanassembly.org, and with Dave, we're going to have David Caruso, Uh, Dr. David Caruso, who is the co-founder of the Emotional Intelligence Skills Group. And by the way, together they wrote a book along with a woman named Lisa Reese called The Educator's Practical Guide to Emotional Intelligence, which is an e-book that's available on Amazon. And you're going to learn why you need this. We're going to talk today with both of them about emotional intelligence for educators, which I think is directed at me when I was a teacher, when I used to lose my temper with the kids. Okay, so we're going to talk, we're going to talk about this and how important it all is. We're going to archive the show at ace-ed.org, and everything we do is at ace-ed.org. The new issue of our magazine celebrates the Equity Award winners nationally, all your colleagues that are in education, the companies that are in there, et cetera, et cetera. If you go over to ace-it.org, click on the cover, you'll see a terrific issue of the magazine, which we are so proud of. And also all the podcasts, SEL Today is over there. It's all linked and our teacher retention. So without further ado and me blabbing here on a Friday, there we go. We got David. There we go. The two Davids, okay? Good morning, David Adams. Good morning, Larry. How are you doing today? I'm good, buddy. It's a sunny, warm day here in Maine, and I assume it's the same in New York City or Jersey. Where where, where are you today? Which is I'm in New matter. York City, and it's 51 degrees. I am on yeah. life. Last weekend, it was like negative five, you know? So <laughs> I, I, I'm a gratitude man. I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm, I'm feeling the 50 degrees today. There you go. Don't forget, the big blizzard is still going to happen later on this year, but we'll get into that later, okay? So it's, uh, it's like I said, it's a February 10th, okay? David Caruso, Dr. David, how are you? It's Larry here. Hi, Larry. It's uh, great to be here. But, you know, when you ask me how I am, I'm actually going to give you a real answer. And that's part of what we're going to talk about today. Uh, so I always say, watch the question. You know, it, it, it's a real question. So, so, so my answer is, I'm pleased to be here. Uh, also a little anxious to be here. Because I want Don't be. It's a well. lot of fun. It, it's a lot uh, of fun. Well, and and by to... the way, word, word to the wise, everybody, never ask Dr. Dave Caruso, how are you, Dave? Because he will give you the real answer. Okay. How you doing, First Dave? lesson, yeah. <laughs> First lesson Thanks, we have Larry. learned. Okay. <laughs> Dave, David Caruso, okay. You're, you're associated, and I'm trying to figure out exactly what this is. You're, you are the co-founder of the Emotional Intelligence Skills Group. But then my notes say that you are um, a, a, senior, a, a senior advisor or the senior advisor to the dean of Yale College in New Haven, okay, and a research affiliate at the Yale Center for Emotional Intelligence, which is a long way of saying, what do you do for a living, David? What's it all about? Emotional skills, emotional intelligence skills group. Talk. Uh, yeah, so it's, I should have a, a, an easy answer to that, Larry, but you know, the, the EI skills group allows me to do training and coaching and, um, and also certifying people in our assessment. There's this assessment nice. called the Mayor Salivate Caruso Emotional Intelligence Test. I do that. 
And so that's really, you know, out there on the, on the, um, on the surface. And then buried under that, you know, when I, I'm, I have a part-time staff role at uh, Yale College and Yale University, and that's yeah. more uh, a stealth way of applying these skills. <laughs> Um, right and um, and having people manage and lead better and 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 work with one another and then uh, the last title is really we call it a vanity title um, and it allows me to have you know an email address I, I'm a hobbyist researcher have you know 50 60 articles and, and various books so uh, it's an identity that is cobbled together but it seems to kind of work pretty well uh, and all focused around good. emotional intelligence you know in some in some way and we're going to define that in a second but before we go on. Uh, David Adams. Okay, I understand. Are you are you in the, are you in the National Guard? In the Army Army Reserves. Army Reserves, and you're yeah. leaving for for you're leaving. I, I talked to Jillian about this. I found this out from her. You're leaving for a couple of weeks to do your service this, next week. I am leaving. I will be down at Fort Polk at the Joint Readies, Readiness Center, JRTC, and I'm going to be supporting uh, the 10th Mountain Division. As we do some maneuvers, um, we're going to be the civil affairs element, so looking at the civil aspects of the operational environment. And I'll be out there uh, sleeping on the ground, moving at night, shooting, moving, and communicating so that uh, we know how to certify our folks if this ever happens in real life. Bless your heart, David. Thank you for doing that, man. I I rarely talk to people who, who do that. Okay, and I, I just, you know, we say thank you for your service, and that's kind of a cliche, okay? And we do, we do all mean it, but it's become a cliche. But this is really cool, David. I'm just, just thank you for doing that, David. That's that's really great. You're welcome. That really means you're, you're welcome, man. It gets me out of the house for a little bit, so I'm sure my <laughs> wife is happy. So, you know, it'll be all right. David, it's a lot cheaper to start a poker game. It's a lot easier. Okay. <laughs> you don't have the same excuses, though. I don't know that you could call national service your, your, your Friday night poker game, but, you know, I, I'll, I'll look into it, Larry. Yeah, we love you, David. Just have just enjoy yourself and be careful down there and all that sort of stuff. Okay. Getting I will, back thank to this, you. Yeah, I mean it sincerely. You know that, my friends. And um, I'll ask Dave Caruso this. Dave, you're the Emotional Intelligence Skills Group co-founder. You wrote the book. With David, the other David, Educator's Practical Guide to Emotional Intelligence. So I'm going to ask you two questions. You can swing it over to Mr. Adams if you want. Okay. What is emotional intelligence? And we're focusing here on teachers. Okay. Educators. Okay. Well, I should say educators, not teachers. Okay. So what's emotional intelligence, Dr. Caruso? And why is it important? And this is key to teacher education, which I believe it, it truly is. Dave. Yeah, we, we, we think it is, Larry. And so uh, we'll do this in two parts, right? I'll tell you, emotional intelligence is about, well, you asked how I felt, how, how am I? So <laughs> yeah. it, do you know how you feel? You walk into that classroom, what's going on? What's the vibe? Can you connect with your students and how they're feeling? Do you understand why they're feeling? What's going on in their lives? What's going on in their heads? And then how can you leverage all those emotions to maximize engagement and create the ideal conditions to learn and thrive? And so, you know, it's for your students, but it's also for you, you know, to be more resilient and not to burn out. And how mm-hmm. this applies, these skills apply in the classroom, uh, we'll turn it over to my amazing colleague, uh, Captain Adams. Captain Adams, go ahead. Before, Captain Adams, before you go on, before you go on, I want yeah. to just go back to Doctor Caruso. I'm gonna. That's what I'm gonna do. Captain Adams, Doctor Caruso. Okay, <laughs> Doctor Caruso, because you're both Davids. Okay, Doctor Caruso, you just said a key word. 
okay? And, and maybe you want to swing this back to Captain Adams, but this is burnout, teacher burnout. And I think that's incredibly important. We're losing teachers like you can't believe they're retiring or the pipeline is low. Uh, a lot of teachers are thinking of leaving early, okay, et cetera, et cetera. Talk about emotional intelligence, Dr. Caruso, or if you want to swing it to Dave, you can. Okay, uh, emotional intelligence and, and, and teacher burnout. Okay, just focus on that for a minute. Yeah, look, you know, one of the four underlying skills of emotional intelligence in our – we call it the ability model of emotional intelligence. And it's these four abilities or skills. And one is emotion management. Uh, and if you just focus it on yourself, it's what are those core skills in order for you not to freak out. Or, Larry, you mentioned not to lose your temper yeah. a lot when you're walking into that classroom because it's, you, you just started the day. It was a crappy day. You know, you commute in um, – and you're just, you're just in a bad mood. How can you manage those kinds of things? How can you be a little more resilient um, in, in that? And also, if it helps, how do you have and develop your sense of empathy? You know, students don't act out because they want to act out. There's something behind that, right? What's, and what's driving that? It can help a little bit. It's not going to move the needle in a huge way. But I think if you start thinking about these things and reflecting and applying these skills, it's going to help a little bit. It's going to move the needle just a little bit. Um, Not a lot. So let's be realistic, right? It's not a magic potion or anything. But it's going to move the needle just a little bit. At least that's what I think. Well, you're probably right. And, and again, I'm going to say your book. Uh, and This is key stuff, and it's key stuff for administrators to understand. Educators' Practical Guide to Emotional Intelligence, the ebook. okay, on Amazon. Okay. Captain Adams, you were going to say before I rudely interrupted you. Well, I mean, the, the key here is, and you mentioned this already, Larry, um, we're really struggling to maintain teachers in a profession. Um, and teachers and teaching is an emotional profession, right? Uh, I wrote an article with um, I wrote an article with Bridget, Dr. Bridget Hamry and Dr. Lawrence Farmer, and, and we looked at the kind of social and emotional components of strictly instruction, um, everything from perspective taking in terms of uh, how does perspective taking inform uh, assignments that are relevant to students, to social cue detection um, around pacing for your own uh, instructional pacing. So like uh, watching students react to your assignment and, and the quickness of the assignment is going to influence how teachers pace. I did a very, very basic thing that, that Dr. Caruso was talking about. I had to come in, I had a difficult morning with a parent, um, and my mood affects students' ability to engage. Yep. So all these things matter. Um, and to the notion and the idea that we can influence our emotional states towards a desired goal, um, that the emotion, emotional information of the world doesn't need to necessarily overwhelm us, and we have some level of efficacy for processing that information in a way that helps us to be successful. I think that's powerful for teachers. Now, you know, Dr. Crucial said this, this is not a silver bullet. Uh, we're not going to solve all teacher turnover through the development of um, uh, emotional intelligence skills, but we can make a difference. Um, and that makes a difference in teachers' lives, and that makes a difference in students' lives, and it makes a difference for overall well-being. So if we're going to add something to the stew, I think emotional intelligence for teachers is something to add, and maybe give that little kick that gets to the table a little faster. Captain Dave, okay, do you think administrators, you know, we're talking to teachers, but, you know, I, I really think administrators, principals, 
superintendents really have to recognize this because they are lose, they're the ones who are responsible for staffing, and they lose teachers, HR. I mean, it's, it's, it's terrible for everybody concerned. Dave Adams, do you think that, that administrators understand this? That this that this that this is a step in the right direction, and I'll tell you what. Let me just go one step further. Yesterday, I was talking to Ann Brown over at uh, the Cook Center for Human Connection. I don't know if you know Ann, but if you don't, I'm happy to introduce you. Okay, and they're very concerned about SEL and specifically suicide in their case, which is another aggravation horrible that we got out there. All right, but they've given grants out for like calm rooms, which she told me was originally for students. Now they're building them for teachers. So the teachers have a place to go to and calm and relax and all that sort of thing. So, Captain Dave, do do administrators understand all this? Are we, are they moving in the right direction for their staff, for their faculty? Look, I wouldn't want to speak for administrators uh, across the country. You can, Dave. But what I can, <laughs> what I can, you know, you what I, can. I do want to speak for administrators, but I'm, I'm not going to. So. Um, but what I will say is uh, I think everybody who's been in a position of leadership knows it's about people. Um, it's about motivating people. It's about taking care of people. It's about getting the job done. Um, and so I think most folks who are in leadership are always trying to balance psychological trust, the environment of motivation that it creates, and the needs of the, the mission, the needs of the organization. And most leaders I've talked to um, work to create uh, and, and to create a pathway through that tension on a consistent basis. And it's always a tension, right, because we got things that we need to do. Schools are about kids. Um, and when we have schools about adults, uh, we, we often don't, don't center our kids' outcomes in that conversation. And so we've got a challenge. Uh, the challenge is that schools are about kids, uh, and we need adults to support kids, and our adults are tired and they're burnt out. Uh, coming out of the pandemic, coming out of the challenges in terms of politics, in education. And so what are some things, and, and, and Dr. Caruso said, this is not everything. I think sometimes we get a little bit over, over, overwhelmed and carried away and said, if only teachers had emotional intelligence, the world would be a better place. But I will tell you that the development of the skills and the ability to model of emotional intelligence and the mapping and the movement and the matching, those skills can move the needle in a way that creates better interactions with teachers and themselves, better actions with teachers and their students, and administrators support those teachers to be successful and effective. It's, it's a, we got to do something out here. So, Dr. Dave, let me ask you, Emotional Intelligence Skills Group, do, do you guys go out and talk to school districts or, or other colleges or whatever? You work with Yale right now, but are you doing it for other places as well? Sure. You know, uh, a lot of that for, for me, Larry, is in, is in organizations. Uh, my teaching career lasted less than a year when I was in college. <laughs> it was a long, long time ago. Um, that, was that yeah, K-12? Really that was K-12 as opposed to a uh, college career? Yeah, career. Oh, absolutely. It was, uh, okay. this, was, this was decades ago. And, and actually, my failure in that was, uh, showed you kind of a lack of emotional management. I was overwhelmed. Um, it was an overwhelming environment for me. And I, mm-hmm. I never realized... I needed to get out because I couldn't hack. Wow. I, you know, I couldn't survive in that kind of environment. And so, you know, what else could I do? But yeah, so we're we're out there. Um, we try to focus on leadership because you know leaders create the culture. Um, as you know, my my colleague, my esteemed colleague David Adams said, you know, it, it can help a little bit, but these jobs are it's nearly impossible to get them right, um, and the press of their daily lives 
whether it's superintendents, leaders, principals, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're going to attend to these skills. They're going to learn different things, but they have a really hard time applying these every single day. And that's, frankly, that's our struggle. You know, how do we, how do we make that impact? How do they generalize and transfer that training? Um, I don't think anybody's actually figured that one out. Um, so, yeah, we, we try. We try our best. Um, we try to impart skills uh, to actually have them apply these things. We call them blueprints, actually. So in the book that uh, huh. I wrote with Lisa and with, uh, with Dave, uh, at the end we call them blueprints. That's Captain Dave. scenarios. That is Captain Dave. Yeah, uh, Captain Dave. And, you know, it's how do you take these skills? Uh, and, and those are really written by, by David Adams, which is you know, he knows what it's like to be there. How do you, what's a really good concrete example of taking these skills and applying it to a real situation that you as a classroom yeah. teacher or educator or, um, or administrator face? And if you could try that every now and then, it's going to be helpful. Um, but it's the trying, it's the remembering, it's the practice, it's the um, uh, which, which is the tough part. It's actually doing it. It is. Hey, Larry, can, I stop, can I stop in on that real quick? Go ahead. Take your time. Dr. Kusa just said something really, really important, right? It's, it's not necessarily do I have something or do I not, and, and especially in emotional intelligence and social-emotional skills, it's how frequently do I deploy these skills, particularly hmm. conditions of stress and emotionality, right, and how fluently can I access the diverse skills that I've developed so that I can match my skills to the problem set that's in front of me? I, I just want to really emphasize that because what Dr. Kalusa said is, like, it's not like, do can I breathe or can I not breathe? It's like, how often do I breathe when given a difficult situation? And how many strategies do I have around emotional regulation so that I can, I can use the right strategy for the right time? So if I'm sitting here and having a conversation with my staff member, um, I'm not going to just, like, walk out the room because I need to regulate my emotions and I'm feeling frustrated, right? That's not an appropriate strategy for what I'm trying to accomplish. So I, I just really want to emphasize that because I think it's a really important point that Dr. Cruz raised, and I wanted to uh, have your listeners really uh, attach themselves to the idea. Thanks, Larry. Thank you, Ca- Thank you, Captain. I appreciate that. So while you're here, Captain Dave, uh, what, what, we're talking about emotional intelligence skills, but – and we know kind of generically what they are, but literally, if you had to list them, what would they be? And Dave, I'm going to ask you a funny question, Dave Adams. What, what's your favorite one that you like to look at more than the others? Well, I mean, uh, <laughs> let me start with my favorite emotional <laughs> intelligence skills. Um, that's got to be the ability to regulate. Uh, in, in our book, we talk about uh, identifying skills, uh, being able to match skills to the environment or the situation you're trying to um, you're trying to work on. Talking about moving skills, uh, and, and also talking about the meaning of skills. So we, we have this this, this organization of four M's, um, and each of these skills takes practice, and it's an ability that you can refine over time. So uh, let's talk about the ability to match skills. That's that's uh, the ability to really understand what emotion you're feeling um, and in yourself and in other people. And, and, and that's important because that gives you information about the environment and yourself. So, like, I know sometimes that uh, I'll start shaking my leg when I start to get a little frustrated. Um, and I've, I've kind of learned through a lot of feedback that, like, oh, this leg shaky thing is, is giving me information that this interaction right now is maybe not 
as fulfilling as I want it to be. So uh, Dr. Nice? Caruso has a huge list of vocabulary words that reflect emotional states. Um, and also, usually what the, and we're talking about that in a meeting, but what those states tell you about yourself and the environment. So the first thing is you got to better map, understand who you are, how you're feeling, understand how other people are feeling. Um, and then the next thing is to match. Like, what am I trying to accomplish today, right now, in this environment? What am I trying to do? I think one of the things, again, Larry, and there's a misnomer a little bit about emotional intelligence. I think folks say, oh, emotional intelligence is about being sensitive. And to the extent that being sensitive mm-hmm. gives you the ability to know how you're feeling and other people are feeling, that's right. But on top of that is, like, what do I want to happen? How do I want to be feeling? How do I want other people to be reacting in this space? So that's about meaning, um, excuse me, matching. How am I, what am I trying to accomplish? Um, and how is my emotions influencing what I'm trying to accomplish? And then you have meaning, right? What does this emotion feel? What does it mean? Uh, so anger is often associated with feelings of injustice, uh, disappointment, being let mm-hmm. down. Yeah. So again, being able to understand those things. And, and that's really, really important, particularly for kids, um, because a lot of times you see anger being expressed by young people, and, and that anger is really masking a more refined and nuanced emotional state. So right. uh, we all know anger. You can see it. You can, you can talk about it. People yell, shout. Uh, but I notice time and time again when I'm working with kids that they'll say I'm angry, but really they're disappointed um, in the interaction hmm. between a peer or a teacher, right? Or, or really I feel uh, dis, dis, disenfranchised, right, because – uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't respected or I didn't have trust, right? So mm-hmm. really kind of digging into the meaning. And then lastly, you know, the, the most important one when we talk about emotional regulation uh, is move. Where do I want to go? And this is the most powerful idea in the emotional intelligence architecture, right? You can choose strategies to move your emotional state to the place that you're trying to be in to solve the problem at hand or to meet your intent. And so that's why it's my favorite. I think it's powerful. It's empowering. It lets people know that your emotions don't own you. You can do the thing that you want to do if you got the right strategy and the right way to, to initiate it when you're trying to solve problems. Well, thank you, David. That was, that was terrific. Okay. So let me ask David Crusoe this map, okay, that Dave Adams just said. David, if, if you're facing a situation, how quick, this is Dr. Crusoe, Dave, how quickly can you go through those, 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 those steps to, to correct the situation. Is it immediately correctable? Is that what we're striving for? Or is it for to think about it and fix it the next day? Yeah. Look, uh, you know, if you're a super person, you have this, this super skill, yeah, you could do it immediately. Uh, I, I got to tell you, Larry, I don't know anybody who can do that. Yeah. Right. But that's, that's the ideal. Um, and so unfortunately, you know, for, even for me, you know, I would say, it's retrospective. It's like, oh, damn, screwed up again. Um, <laughs> let me go back and reflect on Story that. Like, where did it go wrong? You know, yep. yeah. Can I do a little better next time? And, look, I've mastered the art of the apology, which is um, really sorry. You know, I, I failed to map accurately. That was just, you know, I, I was really, really um, not doing well yesterday morning. I didn't have my cup of coffee. I didn't sleep really well. And so, you know, I did snap at you and I, you know, everything else collapsed and all that. But look, yes, in an ideal world, this would be something almost automated, right? You've really acquired these skills at such a high level. You don't think about it. You just do it. But I will tell you, I don't know a single person who, I don't know a single person who could exhibit these skills at a super high level in real time, 
on a consistent basis under stressful conditions. Uh, not a soul. So no one should beat themselves up that, you know, they're not doing it or they lost it. It's what did you learn from that, and how can you get, like, a little better? Uh, so that's, that's our challenge. You know, I always yeah. challenge myself, how can I get a little better, you know, today? Well, it is, it is, it is, it is, it's a difficult thing to do, which brings me, and David, you're at, you're at Yale. I don't think Yale, Yale does not have an education school. Am I correct? They do not. That's right. Yeah, no, that's yeah. right. There's a long history of that, but, yeah, they, they don't. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But my question is, I mean, well, I'll ask you, and then we, we can swing it over to Dave. What I'm concerned about is the schools, especially since the pandemic, but it's been going on before the pandemic just brought it to the forefront. Schools, education, the kids have changed. Okay. It's, it's not the same as it was, and it's not going to be the same as it was if it ever was the same as it was. Okay. My point is, have, are, are enough teacher education colleges in incorporating these these SEL skills, teaching SEL skills, understanding SEL skills, teaching emotional intelligence skills, understanding emotion, are are they incorporating it into teacher education? Because what teachers are facing is different from what they were facing before. David, what are you hearing about that from t- about teacher education? It, you know, it, not teacher professional development once they're in the classroom. I'm talking about basic teacher education. What are you hearing? And Larry, I want to turn that to my colleague who hires teachers and, and, and works with them every single day. So, Dave, what are you seeing around that? You, you really you clued in pretty well to what's happening out there. What, what's your view? Oh, I appreciate the question. I mean, we're seeing an increased um, interest. Uh, Hunter uh, College here in New York just um, opened up an SEL director um, position for uh, teaching and learning, so teaching and learning on the social emotional learning. Um, Kim Schoenert Reichel uh, did a, a review of teaching programs and their incorporation of social emotional learning and emotional intelligence skills. Uh, what we generally see, Larry, is that there's a there's a um, there's an understanding of kind of the psychological dimensions of learning, insofar as that there there there's teaching around developmental psychology. Um, but it's very hard to replicate some of the stressors of teaching in the classroom. One of the one of the cool things that I've seen folks do that I really appreciate is that they have some new uh, VR work, right, where you have a screen where you can uh, program certain students um, to react in certain ways. Uh-huh. And so the teacher starts to get reps around kind of like moving through the classroom, but they don't have to practice on kids, right, which is like not ideal. They can practice on kind of avatars. That yeah. helps them get that 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 those schemas, right? Develop those muscles, um, and I think that's been the big challenge. And Dr. Caruso talked about this, but um, the big challenge is you can't learn about classroom management and the frustration you feel when somebody's trying to talk over you um, in a book. You have to be in the space where the emotions are being developed, and and to the extent that we can stimulate that, we can give more practice for teachers. Um, on managing that. And that means that we're going to do a better job at getting teachers in the classroom um, who have experienced the stress of 35 kids vying for your attention with social and emotional and cognitive needs that you are trying to organize in order to ensure that they're, that they're learning. And, and there's no book about that, right? Uh, I mean, obviously we have a book, and it's a great book. 
<laughs> um, but but the book can't really recreate that stress. And so uh, that's what I've seen. Uh, I know we're working on um, how to give teachers feedback on a more consistent basis, uh, how to reduce the cognitive load of teaching so that they can really focus on uh, the teaching and learning interactions. But um, at the end of the day, we, we are seeing more emphasis on social-emotional learning and development. Uh, the science of learning development folks over uh, on the West Coast have been doing this work. Obviously, Castle's been invested in adult SEL. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, it's really about practice, uh, and it's about the reps that Dr. Crusoe was talking about. And I'd like to see more ability for teachers to practice stress and stress response and coping strategies and moving their emotional spaces um, before they get into the classroom. And, uh, you know, that mistake could be a mistake that really hurts student development. And, and, and that's, that's what I'm talking about. The, cla the classroom experience is changing, all right? And the teacher education is responsible for making sure that teachers understand that and doing the best they can to get them ready for it. You can't just overlook it. They can't overlook SEL anymore. You know, we, we just can't, we can't overlook it. And that's what's my funny point. about it, Larry, yeah. it, it's like we talked about the military. And, uh, you know, for better or for worse, uh, military places a lot of emphasis on the conditions for training. And in, in, in order to do that, they often um, intentionally create stress between a person and a task. Yeah. Uh, in order to replicate the fact that sometimes, you know, when you're doing the thing, uh, you have to do it in the conditions of stress. And, and in the Army, we have action conditions and the standard, right? So, like, what are you trying to do? And what's the condition that you're trying to train that, that, uh, that action under? And what's the standard? And it's just an interesting thing to kind of parallel because the, the conditions of the classroom are very different from the conditions of teacher prep. And right. I think that's the biggest challenge if teachers move in and they're like, whoa, these are very different conditions and they evoke very different emotions. So I really didn't have time to practice as opposed to for better or for worse, the military tries to recreate some of that by purposely inducing stress between the task and the, the soldier in training. And it's not that great. I don't know that I would want to do that in teacher training. Um, I don't know that it's yeah. great for folks who are not interested in being in the military, but we were trying to solve for that problem that you're talking about, which is how do you practice stress response? Um, and then how do you still get the, the job done under those conditions of difficulty and stress? Absolutely. You know, absolutely. And I'm thinking the way you described that, you always see the, you know, the, 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 the drill sergeant in basic training is always screaming at the recruits, rebuild that rifle, get moving, get marching, et cetera, et cetera, making them feel, putting so much stress on them. But the reason is because in combat, you are stressed. You have to do these things under stress. And, and, and that was a great point, Dave. And, you know, we don't want people screaming and yelling at people while they're in teacher training, okay? But we have to be aware that this is something that's going to happen, and we have to make sure that they understand it's going to happen, okay? It's that simple. And, David Caruso, I forgot to ask you, okay, your favorite, emo your favorite emotional intelligence skill. David, where do you see the sweet spot in all this? So yeah, Larry, I first want to comment, you know, so, uh, when uh, when David Adams was talking about this, you know, it's a live fire exercise, right? And I don't think teachers yeah. know that, and that's the only way, right? But it starts with book learning. It's, let's have a lecture. We're going to have a couple of lectures on these emotional intelligence skills, and then as you acquire them and practice them in a safe environment, we're going to actually up the stress until you are in that live environment 
Um, I've done a, a work with our medical school um, and uh, here and there. Hmm, and there they you use go. standardized. Yeah, you know, have you, if you've heard of standardized patients, right? These are uh, actors, trained actors who come of course, in for I, I, I have friends yeah. who actually do that. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yep. And, um, and it's an interesting thing. So, you know, that's how you acquire the skills. You know, it's book learning, it's lectures, and then you apply the skills with feedback, right? You know, practice mm-hmm. without feedback is just a disaster. So that kind of feedback is great. Um, so, it, Larry, I'm also like actually going to not answer your question because uh, all four of my skills are my favorite skills. There you uh, go. And, yeah, I don't want to. But if I, did have a, if I did have a favorite child. Um, like <laughs> alliteration. Uh, if I did have a favorite child, it's that second one. We call match. It's matching feelings to the task and to yep. connect with people. It's the essence of emotional empathy. The, and you know, the downside of that is, Matt, imagine a world in which you, you felt what everybody felt. I mean, you wouldn't get out of bed in the morning. So you have to be careful with that. But how do you create the right emotional conditions for learning or for thinking or for acting. It's a really interesting way of thinking about the world around you. What's the best emotional tone? What's the climate that you want? And by the way, it's not always being upbeat and cheery and happy, um, right? There's, uh, this comes from a lot of the research literature where people, not depressed but in a slightly sad mood, may find more errors in a document. So if you're working with older students and they're about to hand in a you know, paper and is it filled with typos? Well, you know, calm down, focus a little bit, focus on the work, look at that. And then, uh, you know, you, you will find those errors. So, uh, you know, if I had a favorite child, um, it would be that one, I think. <laughs> so, but you don't, um, don't have but, a favorite child. They are all. Yeah, don't. Don't I let don't. the other skills know that I said that, though. That's not I will not. This is confidential. <laughs> I promise I will not. This, is, this, this has been an excellent conversation, guys. Thanks to you, not me. Um, David Caruso, if people want to reach you, can they just Google Emotional Intelligence Skills Group? I don't know. They probably can, or David Caruso, right. or yeah, eiskills.com. BiSkills.com. Thank you. I just was sure. Thank you. That's good. And and Captain Adams, you be safe down there. Okay. Thank you for your service, my friend. Okay. Thank you, Larry. Okay, Dave. We'll talk again. Dave. Dave's. We'll talk again soon. And I thank you both. Thank you. Okay. Take care. You too. Bye. Bye. Wow. There's something. How about Dave Adams, man? This was CEO of Urban Assembly and serving in the Army Reserve. Wow, it's just great. And David Caruso, this is good work, eiskills.com. And I think this is extremely important as a professional development piece, as professional development for administrators to understand it, as well as teachers to apply it, okay, and also for teacher education, real teacher education in the schools. Okay, we'll archive over at ace-ed.org. See all we do over there. I'm Larry Jacobs. Happy weekend, everybody.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.